the glow of Tunisia's spirit, the Majara River, has quietly crept into Omar Hurchani, water expert and former 17-year Secretary of State for Water Resources. For 60 years, he has followed the river's path and development, and when he speaks of it today, his memories imbue him with life and passion once more. Horchani's voice fills with anger as he refuses to lament the Majara, whose fresh water gives Tunis life and now threatens to take it away under the heavy weight of polluted waters pouring in from industrial zones, urban settlements and the very treatment plants set up to protect it. What is happening amounts to a crime to be punished with nothing less than prison. As Secretary of State, he saw nothing else but imprisonment as the appropriate punishment for those who pollute and deny future generations their right to clean, drinkable water. The Majara, which is Tunisia and Algeria's source of life, is slowly transforming into a swamp contaminated with sewage, industrial pollutants, waste and life-threatening toxins, waste and life-threatening toxins that all violate Tunisians' environmental standards. As devastating as this situation has become in recent years, affecting agriculture, humans and animals, ground and surface water, just as remarkable is the indifference or inaction of polluters and authorities. The Majara is the most important river of the Arab Maghreb in terms of length, area and volume of water. It's the most significant in Tunisia and the only one that never dries out. The river provides Tunisia with half of its fresh water, transporting around 811 million metres squared of water annually from Souk Ahras, its source in northeastern Algeria, through 484 kilometres of land and eventually to the Mediterranean Sea. Industrial and residential developments have imposed various new challenges, the likes of which were not encountered by the very first team of engineers that the Tunisian state tasked with managing the Majara back in the 60s. Horchani was on this team and remembers that the greatest challenge back then was the Triassic sandstone, which has a high level of salinity. Managing the Majara's river water and dealing with its pollution and problems have the same importance, he said. The concentration of pollution in the Majara basins caused by industrial units is reflected to varying degrees. While urban discharge accounts for 83% of all water pollutants, the 13% of pollutants ascribed to industrial effluents account for 63.5% of the chemical oxygen demand, 54.5% of the biological oxygen demand, and 47.5% of suspended solids. The pollutants concentrated in urban and industrial wastewater spilling into the Majara basins are estimated at 60,000 tonnes per year, with 36.5% thereof attributed to urban areas and 63.5% to industrial units. More than half of these units, 51%, are in the lower basin of the Majara River, with 26.2% in the upper basin, mainly in the governments of Bajar and Manuba, where high levels of biochemical oxygen demand are recorded. Factories have been openly as well as secretly discharging production wastes and toxins into the main river and its tributaries for years, a practice that Almohachani insists is a crime against the Majara and the children of Tunisia. A laboratory analysis of samples from the factory discharges in the lower basin of the Majara, conducted by a team of school of engineers in the Majaz al-Bab, that included Professor Fatima El-Trabelsi, confirmed the presence of zinc, cadmium, lead, chromium and manganese, and thus a severe violation of Tunisian standards. Suppressing her anger, 
El Trabelsi expresses concerns that the concentration of these elements has had a dramatic impact on plants, land and water resources. She explains that the density of tomato and water waste released by tomato processing factories increases chemical oxygen demand as well as the chemical and bacterial pollution as it carries organic matter into the water and acts like a bacterial machine consuming oxygen, thereby also increasing biological oxygen demand. She considers the colorants and mineral elements ejected by tanneries to be another great problem. The journey of industrial pollution begins at the source of the Majara River in Algeria. Factories of various industries, including clothing, paper, pens and iron, as well as chemical factories in Souk Aharas, Mesquiana, Onza and Bukrada, eject their contaminated waste into the natural environment. Discharged industrial water is very different from the waste of the local residential areas, containing organic materials and chemicals such as nitrogen, phosphorus, toxins, heavy metal and petroleum, depending on the type of industry. Factories, mills and other plants continue to discharge water laden with grease, chrome and oils into the natural environment without treatment, despite the Industrial Depollution Fund, incentives and other grants which industrialists can benefit from. The Dura Canned Foods Factory in Testor, which discharges huge quantities of wastewater directly into the Siliana River, has an unused primary treatment plant, according to findings by the investigators. Challenged on this matter, factory owner Ali El Mabruk explained with indifference that his factory is not active in the chemical sector, but only processes fruits that do not contain toxic or harmful substances. He claimed that the water in the factory discharged was cleaner than the water in the river itself, insisting that the primary treatment was operating. However, upon observation, the plant was completely dried up and the employee confirmed that it had not been used during the entire time he had worked there. The Suwani Cheese Factory in Borjtulmi releases oil and cheese waste which blackens surrounding water resources and gives off foul smells that disturb the sleep of local inhabitants and cause respiratory problems. Nevertheless, its owner told the National Agency for Environmental Protection Inspectors that he was carrying out primary treatment. Here, the investigators found the treatment plant broken. On June 13, 2020, the Mediterranean Centre for Environmental and Industrial Analyses confirmed that discharges from the Kurumia plant in Bejar North were not compliant with national standards, recording excessive chemical and biological oxygen demand, as well as phosphorus levels. Analyses of samples from the Coca-Cola plant on the 30th of June 2020 showed that the chemical oxygen demand exceeded the permissible limit and the biological oxygen demand was more than twice the limit. The analyses of discharges from the leather factory in Gobelat on 21st of April 2017 indicated a chemical oxygen demand five times higher than the permissible limit in the public sewer system, while suspended solids were four times higher. The Majara River suffers not only from the pollution caused directly in its basin and along its main stream. Many of its tributaries, which are used to feed it with natural rain and spring water, have transformed into swamps carrying the refuse from factories, treatment plants and agrochemicals. Analyses and monitoring operations uncovered in 2016 the presence Analyses and monitoring operations uncovered the presence of more than 30 sources of pollution along the river, belonging to five categories. Industrial plants, waters filtering through waste or solid dirt present on the water banks, 
industrial and wastewater from the disposal activities of liquid waste transports, treated water from the treatment plant, and wastewater from rural communities in the Borjal Amri prison. All observations confirm that six tanneries top the list of sources. The water flowing from those tanneries is described as heavily polluted due to lack of treatment units in the tanneries, and the nature of the activity of dyeing and tanning leather, which entails the use of chlorine sulfates and toxic acids, and heavy metals that cause human disease and pollute soil and groundwater. The environmental situation along the Shafru River has been allowed to continue since the 90s. Meanwhile, the director of maintenance and disposal complex in the old industrial zone of El Fajar and owner of the tannery TEF2 in El Fajar, Karim El Wartani, agrees that it all comes down to solving the problems of tanneries, not only with regard to environmental aspects. In the absence of a rigorous decision from regional and central authorities to put an end to the environmental and health crisis, in 2016 the newly created municipality of El Basatin took the initiative and included closure orders. These as well have remained nothing but ink on paper. El Basatin's deputy mayor, Mohammed Ali Elwani, insists that state enforcement was needed. As he puts it, this did not happen despite the scale of the disaster. Black water stinking of sewage, leather and garbage flows down the river from the industrial complex, the Neo Park, adjacent to the area's largest housing complex. It mixes with wastewater from the Borgel Amri prison that comes through a canal running underneath local road 539, which connects El Fajar with Menzel Habib, then blends with water from the treatment plant in Morjnawia and polluted water coming from the Borgel Amri via the El Kassab River. In the end, the water is used for the irrigation of vegetables like artichokes or tomatoes in agricultural areas like Burhanash, El Habibia, and many others along the river. There, the investigators spotted water engines on the edge of the river, transporting old, untreated water to farms despite the prohibition of its use. Water infiltrates the stomachs of human beings not only through vegetables and crops, especially through the large-scale cultivation of artichokes, tomatoes and other seasonal vegetables. It also reaches them through cattle when the nomadic shepherds along the river bordering the grain estates seek fertile pastures to quench the thirst of their livestock. According to the Farmers' Union in Manuba, miscarriage rates have increased among these animals due to the consumption of contaminated water. In July 2020, on the bridge across the Bejar River, a tributary on the left bank of the Majaria, the investigators stood and observed shocking scenes and plankton-choked water and animal carcasses impeding turtles and other reptiles. Expert Shakib Shakra considered this the clearest evidence for the severity of the problem, which has not yet quite reached the point to prevent all life. Subsequently, a charter for the Basim River was conducted and an action plan was proposed to remove waste sewage, industrial water, and solid waste, reduce the excess use of pesticides, decontaminate the industrial zone, erect a physical, chemical, and biological treatment plant for sugar and yeast manufacturers, develop spaces for the Bajar Solalta House, and control the disposal of pomants and mill water. The regional authorities estimated the cost of implementing all elements of the plan would be about 5 million dinars. The charter was never implemented and the environmental situation remained catastrophic based on what the investigators could see and smell along the Basim River. Industrial discharges and slaughterhouse waste accompanied by repulsive smells, in particular from the yeast factory, the subject of complaints by local inhabitants in August 2020. 
In the face of official bans and prohibitions, most people here have expressed their conviction that their right to the Majara River is older than that of the treatment plant and more legitimate than the laws and conditions imposed on them. Their blatant violation of laws, however, stands in stark contrast to the attitudes of farmers in Manuba and beyond along the Majara River in general, as well as of the farmers' unions, which reject the use of treated water for agricultural purposes. The Ministry of Agriculture has already made its standpoint clear by acknowledging the non-compliance of treated water with Tunisian standards. After having conducted studies and monitoring surveys on the water quality in recent years, as well as confirmed by Akisia Bahari, former Secretary of State for Water Resources and current Minister of Agriculture. On its part, the Tunisian Institute for Strategic Studies showed in its 2014 Water Strategy Horizon 2030 Basic Approaches and Direction Study that over a half of treatment plants were operating beyond their capacity and unable to meet the required standards in quality and quantity. Over the years, complaints and petitions have multiplied and turned into protests and road blockages. The authorities responsible for agriculture, health, sanitation and the environment have drained important funds for costly laboratory analyses without getting anywhere near a solution. Evidence for that in the shape of the official documents and correspondence going back five years and obtained by the investigators is aplenty. Throughout 2018, ANPE officials issued 44 reports on industrial plants in the governments of Manuja, Bejar, Jenduba and the Siliana, according to its Department for Environmental Monitoring. However, one of the experts who wishes to remain anonymous said that it could take up to three years for a report to be handed over to the judiciary, giving violators years of free reign to commit the same mistakes and crimes. He points out that the factories do not carry out primary treatment, even if they are an adequate plant to do so, since it should cost large companies millions of dinars. He admits that implemented solutions like the Industrial Depollution Fund have so far only been partly successful. He admits in a low voice that most violators know the extent and the consequences of penalties and deliberately refrain from installing or operating primary treatment plants because it is a profitable equation for them. He suggests that the state should intervene and build collective treatment plants in industrial areas, partly financed by the industrial companies, as that is the case in Italy, for instance. The director of ANP's Department for Environmental Monitoring, Mona Elsafaksky, confirms the important role of her agency and the great responsibility placed on its shoulders, with material and human resources sparse and the law paralysed, especially when it comes to issuing penalties, which undermines the usefulness of monitoring and interventions. While AMPE has put on record that it has failed its main mission stipulated by the laws and that public resources are drained by monitoring visits to industrial units, treatment plants and various other sources of pollution, it continues to go around in circles in the absence of effective and far-reaching solutions. Violations and misconduct thus continue in the same industrial plants, including those benefiting from the Industrial Depollution Fund, amidst an utter indifference to fines and penalties, which reign between 50,000 and 100,000 dinars, and reach 500,000 dinars for violations involving hazardous and chemical substances. When the investigators presented Mona Elsavaski, head of the Department for Environmental Monitoring, with a list of violations documented in the investigation and the correspondence addressed to the agency to alert her, she insisted that the focus of the agency was on the Majara River's water's pollution 
and that the water quality at seven plants in the basis was measured automatically and monitored in real time. Nevertheless, she acknowledges the limitations of their monitoring, citing a lack of resources and coordination within ANPE itself, as well as the high costs of analyses in the past year as reasons. At the moment, however, environmental disputes rarely ever reach court. If they do, they are lost causes for the plaintiffs, as sentences amount to nothing more than fines of a few hundred dinars, which cannot discourage misconduct and violations, according to those who have drafted reports. Amidst this great debate on judicial responsibilities, the fate of complex environmental cases and long litigation procedures, water resources expert Omar Harchani draws attention to the reality of the Majara River pollution as a crime of the present and the future. Penalties, no matter how severe, cannot compensate for the damage done to the Majara River or restore the situation to what it used to be, especially when it comes to the contamination of groundwater resources, which will require years and years to rid them of pollutants, says Minister of Agriculture Akisa Bahri. But the voice of Omar Harchani, a son of the South, enchanted by the waters since his school years at Sadiqi College, a man who wants to become the advisor for Tunisia's 2050 water strategy, speaks of hope. After all, he has witnessed what he calls miracles that freed the European and American rivers from pollution and brought them back to life. This investigation was conducted with the support of the Candid Foundation, 